Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the Fruited Plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to um, welcome all of you back here to the C.L. Bryant Show today, and I want to thank you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. The download free, the T-H-E, the C.L. Bryant Show in your app store. If you don't get both hours, really glad to have you along. Uh, Hey, folks, uh, our flagship station, as all of you know, is Red State, Red State Talk. In fact, you can download that free app as well. And uh, you have us you can't miss us. Download my app. Download Red State's app. You cannot miss us. Uh, walking through Times Square, looking up above the iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not, you will see the Red State Talk billboard. And uh, every hour, uh, the C.L. Bryant show does pop up there on that big screen a block from where they drop the big ball in Times Square. Yeah, and old CL's face is looking right back at you there in Times Square. Certainly, uh, again, grateful to you. Can't do it without you. And the reason why this nation is as glorious and will bounce back is because of people like you. Well, there is an emerging story. Coming out of North Korea, you cannot assign any veracity, truth, or untruthfulness to it. Uh, Although the sources there are saying this thing that we must know is true, and it's probably true of um, China and other places in that region of the world— And the rumor is, not only is Kim Jong-un the exalted dictator and um, son of two, son, grandson of two dictators prior to him, you know, Kim Jong-un, little rocket man, uh, President Trump's arch nemesis at the beginning of his uh, presidency. Then you have the historic trip to Korea, uh, where Trump actually stepped over into North Korea. No president has done that. Um, and so <laughs> rumor has it, rumor has it that he is gravely ill, 
Yeah. And um, we don't know what it's from. We do know from some reports a few weeks back that he did have a heart operation. And, of course, it's North Korean medicine, North Korean heart operations. Even their best doctors don't come close to our mediocre ones. And so I imagine that little Kim got uh, good um, attention with his heart doctors. Or if he dies, I imagine they die. But the <laughs> but I imagine. But uh, that is um, that's what's happened. And according to sources on the ground, and these are probably not American sources, except they be undercover. And um, they're saying that things are pretty bad. Things are bad in North Korea. Now, you're not hearing that, you know, on the news. You're not hearing just how bad it is in North Korea, are you? Of course you're not. And I am convinced, and anybody with any goose sense would have to know that things, pardon me, in um, China are probably just as bad as they say they are, or as we're hearing they are, in North Korea. Yeah, yeah, probably just as bad, maybe worse. Now we've heard not much out of Hong Kong uh, at all, but still uh, there's a clampdown on information that still can be waged and used uh, in countries like that. So we're going to Look at that a little bit closer uh, here in just a few minutes. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about the guest that's coming up. John O'Connor. He was the attorney for Deep Throat, at least who was identified as Deep Throat. And uh, he's going to be on with us. But we're going to be talking about China and how they should be uh, held accountable. Yeah, John O'Connor will be my special guest coming up. At the bottom of the, at the, after the next hour, in the next hour, he'll be coming up with me. And uh, I have a state representative from Michigan, Karen Whitsett, who will be here with me um, shortly. And um, after the bottom of this hour, Karen Whitsett from Michigan will be with me. And um, it would be great to talk to her. Um, I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. And I was telling you that um, the word out of North Korea is Kim Jong-un, a little rocket man, uh, little Kim, is gravely ill, according to some sources. However, it could be. He hasn't been seen in public in several weeks. But, of course, uh, things are as bad in North Korea as uh, it has. it is being said. Then he's probably sheltering in place deep, if he's even in North Korea. You know, I don't, I don't uh, think that little Kim, I think little Kim probably has the strength not to be killed yet. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, 
Although, uh, who knows what may be going on internally there in North Korea. If little Kim fades off the scene, if he goes away, who takes his place? Is there a jockeying for position right now? This is one of the things that does, in fact, uh, handicap us when we deal with a closed society. Not that I'm all um, against uh, that at this present time, but I think that an open society leads to commerce and trade and all that type of thing. And it's just good. Just good for overall worldwide business. But what happens with if little Kim goes away? What happens if he goes away? Do they get into the rocket firing mode again? Do uh, we see a North Korea that is intent on uh, dominating uh, South Korea or in taking her back? Do we see one that uh, is a warmongering type of posture? It's on steroids, even more so than Little Kim, Rocket Man. What happens when Little Kim goes away, if he goes away, and if he's as sick as they say he is, is there a jockeying for position at this very moment? Is that going on? Huh? So, there's a lot uh, happening both nationally, internationally. Uh, the whole world is turning against uh, China as far as blaming them for what's going on in China, of course, at this very moment, seems to be us against or them against the world. And they're taking that posture. The Chinese are taking that posture. It's interesting, pardon me, to think of how they prepare their people for worldwide ostracism and how do they keep it under wraps that the Chinese are being ostracized. Hmm? I told you the other day that uh, that it must be bad in China because there are reports, very um, reliable reports, that the Chinese, who, by the way, whether you know it or not, when, when we talk about racist country, the Chinese are probably the most racist country on earth. And I'm not talking about against just against uh, people, black people, in the way we look at it here in America. Although they are seemingly a little bit more vehement about their racism uh, toward blacks from Africa than they are from any other uh, group of nationalities that are in China that visit China or living there, the African blacks they are having them evicted from their places of residence because they, uh, well, I don't know what the coronavirus spread is like in Africa. Um, Well, if they don't want Africans there, uh, then surely they wouldn't want Americans there since we are supposed to have the largest incident of coronavirus in in the world. Hmm. Interesting. So follow me with this logic. If the Chinese are ousting the Africans and Kim Jong-un is nowhere to be found and word on the street in North Korea is that it's bad. (laughs) I mean, those, listen, Those were the words that we got. In fact, um, find that for me. 
Um, I want to quote this, but the premier focus of the report from the source on the ground, it's bad in North Korea, which leads me to believe that it's bad in China, which leads me to believe that if the Chinese are kicking out, evicting Africans from China, it may be bad there too. It may be bad. You do know that, you know, hey, all of that little, that Italy, Spain, all of that um, right there is a gateway, is a gateway to Africa. So if it's like that, then again, we're being lied to. We're being misled and we're being treated like chumps. Exactly what we want Ted to avoid is being treated that way. But who knew? And, and did they do it on purpose? Uh, who knows? They're, they're bent on world domination. They always have been ever since they began to emerge. They always have been. That's the mindset. Now, this is what I'm wondering about. John O'Connor is coming up. Uh, attorney for Deep Throat in the uh, second hour. And we're going to talk about this. But this is um, what what I'm concerned about. Is do we go back to work too soon? Um, those that can, yeah, sure. Makes sense. Makes sense. Those who are, who are not harmed, who are not hurt. Uh, I mean, you know, if it's not there, it's not there. Just be careful. But even with that caution and that carefulness that we, we would take, do we go back to work too soon? If we keep our government closed, our government, our economy, it will collapse that's just not uh, waving my hands around and the government waving their hands around and our senators and representatives, you know, being hysterical. If we don't open up our government soon, our economy will collapse. And if the American economy implodes, if it collapses, then the world economy will collapse. I also want you to pay attention to this. Even though I am uh, certain that we are indebted and even though we are certain that we are indebted to the Chinese 
if we go away, it doesn't matter <laughs> to any other thing. Because if we go away, if we collapse, if our economy collapses, then the entire world economy collapses because as bad as they like to attack us, and this is why they're mad at us, you know, they want to be us. They want to be us. Yeah, he's wishing, wishing they were us in our position. But the problem is, if it all collapses, what does it matter? We are all in the same boat. And believe me, um, people, check this out. Now, check this out. Even though um, an American economy, if it collapses, will be horrible, it'll be even worse on people in other lands. And uh, if we don't take the steps to secure ourselves right now, just in case, I don't expect it to happen. I expect our economy to come roaring back as the president has said it will. I expect that. But you prepare for worst case scenario. And I, I know that we are, in fact, prepared to defend ourselves from the influx of worldwide refugees who would try to find themselves, find their way to America. Europe will be, their boat will be over or capsized. There will, there will be people flooding out of uh, SH countries, S-hole countries. And you will really, the, what the president said about those countries will truly come to bear if, in fact, bad things happen. Because the people in those asshole countries, they will bail out. I mean, why not starve to death trying to find food? That, and that, listen, it's not funny, CL. It's not funny. But those asshole countries that the president was talking about, they will empty out quick. And where will they go? They can't. Uh, maybe they will uh, steal enough money to get on a ship or, or whatever, because hard, desperate times lead to desperate measures, don't it? Certainly they do. And friends, we need to fix this. That's my whole point. We need to put people back to work. America certainly needs to get back to work because if we don't, our economy will implode, meaning that the rest of the world will implode and international chaos will ensue. Beware, you've been warned. Uh, coming up uh, here, in uh, at the bottom of the hour, Karen Winsett, Winsett uh, from Michigan, Democrat State Rep. Karen Winsett from Michigan. <laughs>
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Coming up, coming up at the very bottom of the hour, uh, this hour will be Democrat State Rep Karen Whitsett will be on with me. Certainly, I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing her point of view. And uh, then at the bottom of the, and the, the next hour, John O'Connor, attorney and author, uh, attorney for um, Deep Throat um, Postgate is what we will uh, author of Postgate. He is the attorney for Deep Throat. Deep Throat, of course, was the um, informant with Watergate and all this kind of stuff. And um, John O'Connor will be joining me in the next hour. Uh, the topic that I really want to talk to him about, uh, can we sue China and should we? Um, so we will we will just see and we'll share. We're going to be able to share his brilliance um, with you is one of the top uh, has been was one of the top attorneys and still is uh, that this nation has ever produced. And John O'Connor will be joining me at the um, top of the next hour after we wrap it up here with Karen Whitsett, who will be a, who is a Democrat state representative from Michigan. I want to get her take on that because uh, there's a lot of civil unrest that's going on up in Michigan right now. People uh, and those Michiganders, I've I've been up there many times to do events and I'm supposed to be headed up there again here real soon for a um, Lincoln day. Uh, dinner and um, no, it's, no, it's Juneteenth. Juneteenth, not Lincoln Day. Juneteenth um, in June, but I don't know. Who knows if any of that's going to be happening whatsoever? Juneteenth has reached Michigan, <laughs> thanks to Doctor Linda Lee Tarver, my good buddy up there. Uh, Linda, you're fighting a good fight, and keep fighting. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. Thank you so much for coming along with us. We have been talking about the um, reported grave illness of Kim Jong-un. We don't know if that is um, righteously confirmed, but it is reported that he has not been seen uh, in public for several weeks. And this is following an open heart or at least a uh, heart surgery on his heart. Uh, we don't know what his condition was. And according to reports, um, the post-operative um, analysis of what was happening with him was that things did not go well with the heart operation. And so we don't know if uh, it's that that's keeping him uh, invisible to uh, the public and even his limited media 
or is he sheltering in place like uh, everyone else is in the midst of what an on-the-ground reliable source there in North Korea is saying is a bad, it's very bad. Those were the words. Those were, those were quotes. It's very bad, which leads me to believe that things must be uh, that bad in China. But yet it's not reported like that. And since the Chinese are expelling and, and, and they are evicting Africans from their dwelling places in China and many places in China, um, it seems as though the word must be coming that it's bad in Africa. Hmm. What did the Chinese know? When did they know it? That's what we're going to investigate with John O'Connor when um, the C.L. Bryant show comes back after the top of the next hour. But uh, joining me uh, here um, on the show in just a few minutes will be Michigan Democrat State Representative Karen Witsit. And we want to see this um, effect of corona on Michigan from someone who understands it and someone who is there and on the, who is, has their hands on this. Karen Witsit. So, um, Louisiana... Who knows when it'll open up again, but there are Texas, however, is saying, why not? Let's do this. Texas is saying, let's open her up. Let's get back to business. The governors seem to be very much um, wanting to get their states back functioning and I know that pastors of small congregations in particular will be absolutely ecstatic to try to maneuver their congregations back into the, the church itself, the building, the building at least itself, the, ch- the church congregating, the assembly congregating. Yeah. I had um, information, I, I, I saw this report that says uh, sports, as far as SCC sports, uh, that's LSU football, suspended for the rest of this year. Even if you could do it, you would only put 25,000 people in Tiger Stadium, which holds over 100,000. And I think the season ticket holders um, is 25,000. So season ticket holders get tickets first. Get to the game. <laughs> but I don't think the elect. The whole idea of an LSU game is the electricity that happens when the entire magnificence 
of LSU Tiger football fans are in the stadium. We've got to get back to that. What, Friends, I know we must live. I know that we must live. You know, I understand that. And so we have to stay apart according to what they are telling me. All right. According to what they are telling me. We can't get together like that until there's at least some kind of something they can give us to be the kryptonite to the antivirus. It seems to be a pretty flimsy virus. And so just about anything will break it apart. Okay? So... We'll see. We'll just have to wait and see how this plays out for us. I know this. When you start talking about class action suits against a country that has the wealth and assets of China, you're talking about seizing some things that nobody ever considered seizing until now. And if you don't think that the Chinese are sweating it out right now, because it appears that the entire world is turning on them. What do they do then to defend themselves? Or if need be, What do they do to level the playing field? Some are saying there are some. I I certainly hope that this is not the case. But there are some that are saying that the playing field was leveled by the Chinese, at least in their minds, when they unleashed this virus on the rest of the world knowingly. They were of the mindset of leveling the sickness playing field. If they were going to suffer with it, if their economy was going to suffer with it, then some are saying, I don't know this to be true, but this is something to be considered. Because they knew evidently the more the more and more we look at how this occurred, the more it appears it could have been prevented. And the more you look at it, you know, then that quite possibly this was done intentionally. And so we must look very closely at what is to be done with those who indeed started this epidemic around the globe. Joining me now is Michigan Democratic State Representative Karen Whitsett. It is an honor to have you on with me, and I want to welcome you for the first time to the C.L. Bryan Show. Thank you for being there. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This is such an honor. I just want you to know that my heart is with Louisiana. 
Um, I was a union organizer there back in the day. And I love me from Louisiana. Well, I'm really glad to have you on, and thank you so much. Our state certainly needs your prayers. Karen, you have a similar situation brewing there in Michigan, but you also have people who are protesting the shelter-in-place uh, idea of um, the governors uh, that, that around the country. Tell us, how are your constituents reacting to this suddenness of lifestyle change? The shelter in place, um, let me just kind of put this in a bit of a context for you. The shelter in place itself is not an issue because the shelter in place is fine when people are able to shelter in place. So in the northern part of the state, people are able to do that and do that with no problem because they can afford to do that. But when you're sheltering in place and you do not have the means in which to shelter in place, that's a problem. If you do not have food to shelter in place for over a week, if you do not have means to shelter in place because you do not have running water, you do not have a refrigerator, you do not have a means for your children to be able to do their homework because they do not have a laptop or an iTablet or anything else to be able to do their homework on. If you have domestic violence that's going on in the home, if you have a whole host of other things that are going on within that home, shelter in place is a huge problem. That becomes a prison. Karen, are you saying that we are not really seeing the true picture of pain that is going on in some circumstances? And of course, we're citing Michigan here that you are seeing. Is that a part of the news cycle that is missing then? Talk to us. Oh, it's very much so missing. I'm, and I'm I'm extremely disappointed because these are things that were not addressed. Let me just say, now, my governor, Gre- Governor Gretchen Whitmer, she had an opportunity to even stop water shutoffs. Back in February, she said, and I, I'm paraphrasing right now because I don't have the exact quote in front of me. She said that there were no statistics to support not shutting water off. Wow. Wow. And she's... Now, that's a powerful statement right there. There were no statistics to support not shutting water off. Wow. And here we are now in this pandemic. Well, not only where we have to deal with water shut off, we have people who, especially our seniors, who their pipes are not connected from their home to the alley. So they still don't have water running into their home. We still have the water crisis in Flint. That still has not gone away. That is absolutely amazing. I have a young friend uh, of mine there in Flint, uh, who was very much involved with that water crisis. And uh, I, I, I thought, since we weren't hearing about it anymore, that it had gotten better. So that Oh, is- no, it has not gotten better. It has not gone away. And, you know, one thing I can honestly say, I am a Democrat, but I'm telling you, the party has failed me and it's failed the black people. Thank you for saying that. It is that. failing. It is failing us. And they expect us just to blindly vote for them and to support them. And I'm trying to educate the people in my community. Do not sit back and blindly support somebody because they say that they are a Democrat. We deserve better and we deserve people who care and respect us. And right now, that's not what we're getting. I'm getting assaulted by my own Democratic Party. Wow. They're coming after me gunning. They've already put somebody in my race. Wow. Michelle, we want to hook her up with Dr. Linda Lee Tarver. 
our good friend and uh, several of our uh, connections there in Michigan. And I want you to know this. I'm saying this to the entire country uh, around the globe and um, and that if you want to become a part of uh, our movement, Black Voices for Trump, uh, I would certainly welcome you in. But we'll we'll talk about that offline. I'll get. Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I, you know, at this point, um, I haven't left the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party has left me. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. I was a Democrat. I'm the former president of the NAACP, Garland, Texas, over 30 years ago. I was a true believer. And, um, of course, the film that I made, Runaway Slave, is all about leaving that. Long before there was Walk Away or Blexit, uh, there was Runaway. There was Runaway Slave, and that's me. And so uh, I certainly uh, look forward to uh, talking to you. I look forward to having further conversations with you. I honestly do. And, you know, for your listeners, I, I applaud them to be open-minded and to hear what I have to say um, being on the Democratic side, you know, because I honestly did not know that saying thank you had a political line. I didn't know it chose a party. I thought thank you was just a polite thing to do. Wow. Wow. And so when you articulate something that is absolutely Karen, I have about two minutes left in this segment. I want you to stay with me through the break, uh, though, if you can, because uh, that that opens up uh, an avenue to further conversation, uh, especially when we talk about how you find yourself now under attack by very well the same people who may have voted for you uh, to... Oh, absolutely. uh, Yeah, I want to talk about that. That is incredibly uh, intriguing, and it is the story that we have told many of you for the last seven years, starting with our film, uh, that that is the way we were treated for the last uh, seven or eight years. We've been telling you that. And so mm-hmm. our work is coming to fruition. My guest is Karen Winslet, who is, who is a representative, state representative, great state of Michigan. I'm up there often. I'm up there a lot. And I really, really love awesome. my friends in Michigan. And so we look forward to uh, talking Uh, to you on the other side of the break. Stay with me, Karen. Don't go anywhere. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. And my special guest is State Representative uh, Karen uh, Winsett is with me here right now. And I want to, uh, she has, uh, I want to remind all of you that we're not through this yet. Okay? Not through this yet. Karen Whitsett will uh, be back with me here after we have these brief words from uh, our, our sponsors and um, all of you traveling through Times Square, which is still pretty much a ghost town. It really is. Uh, look up above the iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not, and there you will see the Red State Talk billboard. And every hour, 24 hours a day, the C.L. Bryant show flashes there on that big billboard. One block away from where they drop the big ball in Times Square. And, hey, you know, we got to get through this thing because we have a big gathering coming up here pretty soon. And we want you to be there. An old C.L.'s face looking right back down on you from Times Square, uh, from the giant billboard. Thank you all for making the show as popular as it has become throughout the entire globe and i'll be back don't you go anywhere with karen witsett representative state rep michigan you thought i was worth saving 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this great day in the USA throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. Uh, greatest success story the world has ever known. I know it's a great nation. And the reason I know it is, is because I am the great grandson of former slaves in this country. And uh, there's nowhere else in the world that my story could be told. There's nowhere else but America that the magnitude, the, the magnitude of uh, my story could be told. And on the line with me is uh, someone who I'm really happy to have on with me. Um, she um, said thank you. <laughs> oh, friends, friends, I, I, just, I just want you to, to grasp how asinine that is. She said thank you. And um, to a president. And I want you to understand that there are people still wanting to have her pay a price for being a decent, caring, and polite human being. My guest, Karen Whitsett, is on with me. Karen uh, is state representative, great state of Michigan. What district is that, Karen? Uh, that is district. Thank you for having me again, and thank you for your audience for tuning in and listening. Um, it is District 9, which is, um, as people like to say, the southwest side of Detroit, uh, southwest side of Michigan, and it encompasses um, Dearborn and Detroit. Yeah. So um, I have a very multicultural area, predominantly African-American, and um, it's one of the poorest areas within the city of Detroit. Wow. That I represent. And if you can hear us driving right now, um, we are going to, we, we're in the process of delivering food. Glenn Beck um, actually donated and raised $480,000 in good. less than four days. And so we are in the process of delivering food right now. Um, we're going to one of our rec centers delivering food. Um, we have 388,680 meals to deliver. Wow. Bless your yes. heart. Bless bless your 
heart for doing that. And friends, let me tell you something. That is the Lord's work. Now you have raised, you have raised a hundred thousand dollars a day, a little over a hundred thousand dollars a day since you began this campaign. Karen, you know, you do know that that is yeoman's work. That really is. And uh, friends, I got to tell you this. This may be, and I'm going to try and get her to come along with me, but this may be the first Democrat I actually help uh, uh, get reelected in uh, her seat if she wants it, because I think it's wrong what's happening. And it's a message that must be exposed and told to the rest of America as to how an African-American woman, a black woman, who is a Democrat, can be treated. Karen, from your perspective, from your uh, standpoint, you talk about it. Uh, You describe the angst that you're experiencing from this for us. You know, I honestly thought, um, I never thought that I would be ridiculed, made ashamed of, belittled, in which the manner that I, I am right now. Um, just from simply saying thank you to the President of the United States. He is the President of the United States of America. Oh, yes. Um, I never thought that that was something that would happen to me. Just from simply saying thank you. That's how I was raised. You are kind, you are considerate, and you say thank you. And when you are invited to the White House, um, I'm sorry. I I don't know how many people have ever been invited to the White House. But when you're invited by the president of the United States, you go. It's a very rare invitation. I could, my wife was, my wife has since passed away since I got my invitation, but I couldn't go. But let me tell you something. If you get an invitation to the White House, Karen, you, you go. And so I don't care who I don't care who the the party is that controls the White House. You're an American citizen. That's your house. You go. You go. Exactly. So, hey, I I really applaud you. So it's been it's been rough. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I've had some nastiness. I've had some God awful phone calls. I've had some horrible memes with things in my mouth that I won't even describe that are out there on the Internet. Wow. Um. I have been I have been belittled. I have been called every name that you can possibly imagine. Um, it's been it's been pretty horrible. And I'm sorry if you hear the door slamming. My husband's going in and out the door, car door. We're trying. They're unloading the trucks right now. Yeah, yeah, I understand um, absolutely. Ab- you get a total pass. <laughs> so I do, you get a total I pass. I apologize as we're trying to multitask and, and do this. And it's snowing here in Michigan. Go figure. Wow. Um, but it's um. It's it's just been it's been rough. It's been horrible. Um, but it doesn't stop me. It's not going to deter me because I'm going to always do what's right. I was raised in a family where my grandfather, um, my aunt, who is still living, my dad's um, youngest sister, she's Republican. Um, so is my uncle. I have been raised in a household that is um, has always been that way within my family. That is Republican and Democrat. So I have been blessed to be able to have that where I can see both views. Wow. And I I see that as a blessing because whenever I'm trying to work on anything, that is what I do. I talk about that. I talk about um, when I'm trying to explain things and what needs to be done and how things need to be done. That's what I explain, why it's a need, because... People don't understand if you don't explain. So when I work on the other side of the aisle, 
that's what I pride myself on. I pride myself on that ability to be able to do that. You know, what you have just described is exactly the type of individuals that we need now leading a conversation in America as we uh, hopefully come out of this thing and then we get back into... Mm-hmm. And uh, we need longevity after this. We definitely. need longevity in the black community. Definitely. We need long- things that are going to last. And I'll be quite honest. I do believe President Trump. I believe President Trump honestly does want longevity for our community, but he only wants those things with people that he can work with to be able to make those things happen. Exactly. He's not going to have you slap him in the face and then thank you that she's going to hand you something. He, I mean, he's like anybody else that's from the hood. Would you, let, let me, you know what? You just hit the nail squarely on the head and drove it through the plank. Let me tell you something. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Karen, would you stand for this without any pushback from yourself? No, would you? I'm no, gonna, nobody I'm would. I'm not have people talking about me. No, You're nobody would. talk about me like a dog and think that I'm going to hand you something. Nobody would. And it's not. It's not about the people. Is you know, it gets to a point that your hoodness comes out. He's from the hood. Yeah, yeah, your and hood he is going to come out, and you're going to get defensive. And he's New York hood. He's New York hood. He's New York, he's New York hood. <laughs> I'm that... Detroit hood. You talk about me. It's gonna be hard for me to put some things to the side. That's the way it works. And so, you know, you understand this. Call it childish. Call it childish if you want. You can call it childish. I'll take that. I'm being a child, and yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot for me to put it to the side, and I'm going to need Jesus. But think about this. Think about this. And I want everyone to think about this. Karen, and I want you to – I have about um, four minutes left with you. Think about this. Mm-hmm. Just about five weeks ago, none of us would have imagined that we would be having this conversation right, right. now. But we are. And, we are. Uh, and so here we are also – able to see how wealthy our nation is. And you have a president Mm -hmm. at the helm who does not take a salary from his country. Thank you. Say it again (laughs) for the people in the back. He does not take a salary from his country. He does not take a salary. Say it again for the people in the back that didn't hear you clearly. And folks, our governor here is talking about taking a 10% pay cut when we had a governor who did not take a salary the first time. Right. Come on now. Right. And so I got to talk to you again because we're running out and and, and there's much more meat on this bone that we must gnaw at here and, and get and get at it. Because this is the conversation, folks, that you must have from people who have seen both sides of the street. Full disclosure. Yes. Karen and I have seen both sides of this street. And all we're trying to do is tell you that this side that I'm walking on right now and the one I have a feeling she's soon going to be walking on. It's better. It's better. And so that's all we're saying. And so you make up your own minds. And uh, but, Karen, God bless you. Uh, God God bless you. God bless your uh, listeners, you know, for even taking the time out to want to hear what I have to say. Uh, You know, I am. I do not take that lightly and I don't take it for granted. And it means a lot that they would even care what I have to say. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will, Karen Witsit, because you are fighting the good fight. And thank you again for being and on the And can I have one last question? Sure. Thing. Tell those us how to get a hold of that, you. Those listeners that are out there that are fighting that have Lyme disease, know that I hear you. Know that I'm talking to the President of the United States about our fight with tick-borne illnesses. I'm not forgetting you. God bless you. All the best to you. We'll talk to you real soon. God bless you. Thank you. 
I'm CL. This is the CL Bryan Show. That was state representative from the great state of Michigan, Karen Whitsett. And uh, she, of course, is a Democrat. And uh, I was when Michelle, uh, had my producer that all of you are familiar with, said, hey, listen, you got to have her on the show. You got to give me the, give me the green light to have her on the show. She's a Democrat from Michigan and she's out of the poorest section in Detroit, uh, you know, and all of that. And, and I thought to myself, oh, my goodness. Uh, well, I'll just um, uh, be prepared for battle. Little did I know how she had been treated. I'm going to send this clip to Black Voices for Trump. And folks, I want you to go to Black Voices for Trump, uh, the, the, the site, go to our site, Team Trump, what have you. This is going to be up there here in, you know, in just a couple of days. Hope we can get it up in 24 or 48 hours. But this is the type of content and this is the type of message that um, we need, that folks need to hear. And, 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 and the thing is this, there are so many of us who have been saying this for ages and, and you take Dr. Thomas Sowell, my absolute, I'm, you know, if I have, uh, you know, I'm saying this very loosely, I have no idols, uh, you know, I worship God, but if I have someone that I absolutely look up to, it is Dr. Thomas Sowell. And I am truly grateful even to this day that he uh, granted me audience with him uh, for my film, Runaway Slave, and was able to sit at his feet there for a while, just just bask <laughs> in, his, in, his, in, his, in his aura. But he was the first black man that I knew who had a national platform that was not Vernon Jordan saying the things that he was saying and being ostracized the way that he was being ostracized and on his shoulders. I stand. And all the rest of us in this modern era on his shoulders, especially us fiscal conservatives, on his shoulders, Dr. Thomas Sowell, I stand. Well, friends, uh, it's been uh, a fast-paced hour. It's going to be even faster-paced in the second hour when John O'Connor, attorney for Deep Throat, joins me on uh, the show. And we want to talk to him about the feasibility of suing China. Can it be done? How do you do it? Will it be done? (laughs) I certainly hope so. I certainly hope we teach him a lesson. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. They shouldn't have lied to us. I'm telling you, they should not have. I'll be back after the news. Don't go anywhere. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. I'm just a pilgrim on this Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. 
It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the Fruited Plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Thank you for coming back after the first hour. It was great. We had on a Democrat representative from the state of Michigan who happened to have been black, who was totally upset with the Democrat Party. And you know me. What did I do? I opened the door to the Republican Party and she's ready to walk in. Hey, you know, friends, the light is coming on and the cover is being pulled back off of the behinds of the Democrats that have been masking them for years. My next guest is uh, attorney extraordinaire. Uh, He is the attorney for the legendary Deep throat john o'connor who is now leading a charge to see if we can and if it makes sense for americans to sue china hey one of the reasons i was on board with trump is because he was tough and wanted to be tough on the chinese who had been treating us like chumps for years. Help me welcome for the first time to the show, John O'Connor. Thank you so much for being on the C.L. Bryant show. Hey, C.L., it's an honor. You've got a great show. I've been a fan of yours for a while. I don't always, I can't always get it out here, but sometimes I get replays from various folks I know, and, and you, you do a great job. Thank you so much, uh, John. Thank- yeah, and I really want to talk to you about this China thing. Talk because- to us. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Yeah. Yeah, my major point that I talk about in my book, I read, wrote a book, Postgate, how the Washington Post the betrayed Deep Throat covered up Watergate and began today's partisan advocacy journalism. A lot of my real point in getting to Watergate and, and destroying the myth of that is to start talking about the way we speak today and the stories we tell today about the media. I mean, the media is, the mainstream media is an enemy. The basic, uh, the folks out there in regular America know better. They start seeing, as you see, the covers being pulled back. And people of common sense, I think, can come together. I think this crisis right now is another opportunity to put in relief the people of common sense. Even Democrats, though Democrats are sort of regular folks, understand this, that we're not being served by the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, and more importantly, the stories that the media is telling us uh, are not true, generally speaking, or they're silly. And what I think is good about suing China, let me just tell you about suing China on this. Obviously, these suits aren't going anywhere. You can't get around this uh, FSIA law that, and I've done a lot of litigation on sovereign immunity. 
But, 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 but what I cheerlead about is that it is helping to tell the story. People are out there talking about this, and it is a vehicle for, and I don't think conservatives tell their story well. I was talking to your assistant, Michelle. We agree on this. Conservatives are not big on narratives, and we do not get our story out, the overall narrative as well as the other side who are steeped in ideology and and talking and talking and talking. We don't do that that much. And what I think is important here is we tell the, the narrative, which is a double one. Number one, China is not our friend, and this America first thing is not just some hokey thing what president trump is on to is very important because we now see that what he's doing is trying to protect our lives trying to protect our national security this america first is just not some xenophobic irrational thing there is a good reason his job is to keep us safe to keep us able to achieve prosperity and look what the Chinese have done. John, tell the people how to get a hold of you and how to bring you to a place where they are if they want to um, um, uh, have you there. I certainly want to give you that opportunity to expose that. Sure, sure. Here's what I'd like to do. I want to talk about the way the story is talked about in the media and the way we have to talk about it. I've got a site for my book, postgatebook.com. And uh, you can reach me through that or JOCLaw.com, J-O-C-L-A-W.com or postgatebook.com. You can get all my writings and my uh, publications on postgatebook.com. But here's, here's my point, CL. I think we have to start telling the story. And one of the stories is that we, <laughs> that we don't get the story from the mainstream media. Everywhere we go, there are things that are not said. Think about our recent history here. Russiagate, three years in Russiagate. There were facts known to the media right away about Russiagate. If they would have honestly said them, we'd all be in agreement. This shouldn't be a partisan thing. We'd be in agreement. There was nothing there. Ukraine Gate. If we really got the facts out, we wouldn't have that. Uh, if we really got the facts out about immigration and about actually having a barrier uh, on the southern border, uh, everybody you know, 80% of the people with 70% would be in that agreement. And now we have this China thing. And and we have been so uh, polluted with bad media that hopefully we can use this to turn things around. And I just hope uh, as part of this, over the long haul here, we start taking common sense, not extreme, not irrational, not vindictive, angry stuff, as people, as the media is going to say, but just solid measures to make sure that China is not infiltrating, stealing our intellectual property, uh, infiltrating our uh, institutions of higher learning, uh, taking over and, and, and spewing propaganda right from a school, for example. And CL, I don't know if you've you read this, but I think we had a Harvard professor that was, took a lot of research that was paid for by federal government and sold it to China and got $15 million. Bucks. John, Pretty it's, it's deal, ridiculous. It? It's ridiculous what's going on. John O'Connor is my special guest. John, let me ask you this. I want to get your perspective on this. And uh, I, I want you to, to, to share with us, uh, uh, how is it that the Marxist liberals in this country, uh, who call themselves progressives, um, how is it that they have... Uh, maneuvered and uh, the country's mindset 
into a place where we don't think of ourselves first when did that go away i don't i don't, I don't understand it's just not common sense for a, a nation and and john let me tell you i'm a nationalist i love america above and beyond any other nation on the face of this country of the of the world of the earth and there's nothing wrong there's nothing racist uh, about saying i'm a nationalist and Americans, I think we, we need to think in those terms. John, talk to us about when did our, our, our national pride begin to diminish? Well, it started, as many things do, in an inconspicuous way. And this is before Watergate. It even started back when the Soviet Union got going. And a New York Times reporter named Walter Durante was over in the Soviet Union giving us false reports about how wonderful communism was and how just wonderful Joe Stalin was, and we called him Uncle Joe. The press was building, uh, uh, was trying to. Now, again, that didn't work. The country was a little different back then. The, the, other than the elites, uh, people ignored it. We had, uh, you know, our government was infiltrated during the Second World War. That's And then what happened was, if you're really cool, if you're really elite, you look down on the unwashed people who claim, wait a second, we got a lot of communists in our government. Uh, I know Joseph McCarthy went too far and he was he drank too much, but the fact is there are communists around. There's no doubt about it. You know, and it's just sort of common sense. You don't have to go too far. So all that stuff was sort of bubbling up, but nothing really took hold, frankly, in terms of the progressives trying to say that uh, we shouldn't take care of our country first. In, in those days, patriotism won. Now what happens post-Watergate, uh, right as the Vietnam War comes about and everybody's talking, at least in my generation, about Ho Chi Minh and Uncle Ho, Watergate turned things around and it gave ascendancy to the progressive media and they got more and more involved with the democratic party and more and more uh, able to control the narrative and america went along with it parts of america went along with it so far and i think you tell me because you're in touch with this every day but i hope you're going to tell me that people are getting sick of what they're being told they don't trust what they're being told anymore and it's because um you know, there, there, there is no, there is no um, uh, dissenting voice out there in the mainstream right. media. It's all one. Right. It's monolithic. They all say the same thing. You go to see CNN or MSNBC. You never see a conservative on there. You never hear a conservative voice. There's only one side of the equation. And some people, that's where they get their news. You're absolutely you right. tell me if you think that people are getting sick of this and there's starting to be an awareness that maybe we're not being told the truth about nationalism as being a good thing. You know, um, John, I, man, I could not agree with you more because uh, when we think about what we are asked to buy into, there's a, a great danger in uh, what you have just said either way. If we cannot trust the news media and then uh, our government in, in, in some cases, then who do we trust in a, a nation where we are priding ourselves on self-governance, where we elect people to represent us? John, how do you see this? I have about uh, five minutes left in the interview with you, but I, I want you to te tell us – 
what are you seeing coming about in the next six months? Are we seeing a fundamental change of well, America? I think we are. I think we are. And I'll tell you, this is, uh, this is something that a lot of people have awakened here. You know, during the Obama years, uh, you know, the, the the media is hand in glove with guys, people like James Comey. Uh, Hillary Clinton can sell out 20 percent of our uranium to Russia and nobody. You don't hear a peep in the press. They knew about it. Nobody published anything. Can you imagine a Republican getting one hundred and thirty three million dollars for his foundation <laughs> selling out 20 percent of uranium? It's just a joke. Yeah. Now. So so. They get away with that and and, and and on all that. Now, here we are with Trump, and to Trump's credit, he fights back. He does not always fight elegantly or beautifully, but he fights. Now we have a situation where common sense people are watching the news every day, and they're seeing a story, for instance, about immigration. The, the Democrats are now objecting even to Trump stopping immigration during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, they, they react. They see that the reflex reaction when he stopped tra- travel from China yeah. was to call him racist and xenophobic. Now, of course, they say he didn't do enough. Yeah. But back then, he was racist and xenophobic. We talked about people them both are, yesterday. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, pe- mm-hmm. yeah. People are seeing. People are seeing what's up now. Over the next six months, it's going to be a tough time because we're not going to have a vaccine. And we have to get back to work, and hopefully during the six months we'll get herd immunity. Uh, there'll be still be hospitalizations, but and hopefully people like me that are over seventy will be smart enough to avoid uh, danger. But for the vast majority of the population, we got to get back to work, and we can ease into this. And finally, at some point, we'll have herd immunity. And we'll be able to go back full blast, but maybe hopefully in the near future, we'll be able to get back 70, 80, 90 percent and so forth. But we have to do that. But what's going to happen is, and I mark my words and you know this is going to happen every time something bad happens or so so bad, there's a bad result. People are hospitalized in New Mexico or someplace. So there's an outbreak in San Francisco, whatever it is, doesn't matter what happens that's bad. It's going to be blamed on. Uh, Trump. It's going to be blamed on conservatives. And uh, I think, though, that people are sick enough of what's happened that they'll see they'll see what's going on. You're damned if you do and you're yeah. damned if you don't, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and so over the next six months, I think it's real important for especially for folks like you that have, uh, you know, command of some airwaves and an audience to you know, to keep us all sort of in a common sense frame of mind, we got a tough situation here. We're not going to keep everybody alive. Uh, you know, a bunch of people died during the you know epidemic, the flu epidemic during Obama's years. Nobody batted an eyelash. There are going to be some people that are going to die, and I feel and it's terrible. But at some point, we can't keep hiding under our beds. We got to come out. I mean, we can shelter in place all we want, but yeah. as soon as we come out, yeah. The, virus is there yeah so we got to deal with it and the more i think the more we get out there and like you say the people under 44 that don't have asthma or whatever they're not gonna die you know and people between 20 44 and 64 are probably going to do okay as long as the same precautions we're going to have precautions we're going to get herd immunities and finally by the time we get a vaccine maybe you know the vulnerable people will actually be able to come out uh 
but it, the real test for us all is one of character and resolve. We got to be big people. We got to understand there are going to be people that are going to get sick. The people are going to die. Uh, guess what? It's going to happen at some point. But we've got to get out there and do our thing and live uh, in the way that we should live. And we can't just give up and commit suicide, which is what the progressives would want us to do. We can shelter in place. They all have their jobs in the faculty or in government or whatever. Uh, they can do that all day. But the rest of the people who are really producing goods and services for people have got to get out there. And I think it's just a shame. I cry every time I think about these poor people yeah. that are not, not able to do anything. Um, well, so, John you know, O'Connor. Your, your show, your guys like you are the ones that need to lead us through this. God bless you, man. Listen, God, God love you, John O'Connor. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. I, I, listen, Michelle, let's uh, get him in the loop. And uh, let's let's uh, have him as a regular as this thing as we progress through this. We want to hear voices like our guest, who was the attorney for Deep Throat, attorney extraordinaire, John O'Connor. Thank you so much for being on with me here today. Talk to you soon. CL, it's been a blast. Anytime. Give me a call. See you now. Thank you. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. That was John O'Connor and what he was talking to us about, the planks that he was laying down. Those are the ones that we're going to have to walk across to get to where we are going. He was not uh, trying to varnish over anything. He was telling us like it is. And friends, China is not our friend. OK, not our friend. And so that is uh, something that we must now deal with is the fact that we have been treated like a chump by people who haven't they're not our friend and the rest of the world oh hey they're ticked <laughs> yeah they're ticked if they're not doing any if they're not following any lead of the president's other than this one and and friends believe me he's ticked the president's Totally, totally ticked. And uh, in the midst of all of this, Kim Jong-un is um, reported to be in grave condition after uh, what's said to have been heart surgery. Uh, We don't know. He may be just sheltering in place because uh, word on the street there off of North Korea, um, dependable word is that um, things in North Korea as far as this coronavirus is concerned is bad. Good news that's coming uh, to us now, though, is that this thing may be seasonal. This coronavirus thing may become seasonal, and with the warm weather coming on, coronavirus may actually just flatten out go away maybe it's hot weather you know and i I, was there much of this down in florida i gotta check out uh maybe i I like i really like florida it's just so dead blame hot all the time where i'd like to be and i don't know if i get used to that Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa. 
Play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hey, a straight up Steve Mnuchin um, has given us the probably the worst news that we can can have here as people, as business people. Uh, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said on Wednesday on um, that most if not all of the U.S. economy should be reopened by later in the summer after the a devastating shutdown to try to stem the spread of the coronavirus. We're looking forward to, um, by the time we get later in the summer, having most of the economy, if not all, the economy open. That's what Mnuchin told Fox News. Now, why did I say it was bad news? That's not good news. So, okay, summer is what, um, May, June? Um, summer is June. Summer comes in in June. And um, we only have a month and a half between us and uh, summer. Okay, summer comes in. It's three months long. June, July, August. September fall comes around again. Do we have a a vaccine by then? We can't keep going through this. We can't keep doing this. uh, What we're doing now. We can't. This is not the way for us. We are overcomers as human beings. It's innate in our character to conquer whatever obstacles are in our way, even if that is an unseen virus. And if we're going to spend money, okay, feed people. Okay, we feed, let's feed them. Let's give them food. Spend it on the money. Spend it on the food. Uh, give landlords what's necessary to, to sustain them uh, until we get this thing uh, straightened, straightened out. You know, that was, that was advisable four or five weeks ago. But we cannot sustain this. We don't have the money. We have to print the money. And when you print the money and you don't have the backing for the money, that leads to the dreaded word of inflation and recession. Those two dreaded words. We cannot. We we can't do this. And and the saddest part about it, what really gets me, is that just five weeks ago, we were cruising. Like you cannot believe, we were cruising. 
Now, hear me, friends. I want you to know that what John O'Connor said to us about character and perseverance, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take character and perseverance. I certainly hope that the worst of um, the news is over. But then again, you're going to have people like Jane Goodall who will chime in and say that the reason this is happening is because of our little respect for the natural world. Yeah. And, you know, growing up, uh, she's a primatologist, Jane Goodall, you know, she lived with the monkeys and all this kind of stuff, um, says that the reason we are suffering this is because we have little respect for nature, for the natural world. Goodall made her comments in an interview with Newsweek. Um, now, she said, we must stop talking about everything as it benefits us and start realizing that the reason for this pandemic now is because we have shown so little respect for the natural world with destroying more and more forest and animal species being pushed together, she said. Now, <laughs> yes, I guess in, in ways, in some ways, I'm a country boy. So by my very nature, I am a tree hugger, but maybe not the kind that you're talking about. My, or that we talk about. I'm, I love to, I had cut some trees on some property I had and re, you know replanted them and so forth. I love trees. Pulpwood. It's been good too. It's been good. So I'm a tree hugger. I like trees. And you know, when we see just how um, people are flocking online to church services and that type of thing. Oh yeah. 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 There, there are many more people uh, engaging in church services online that, uh, than attended churches. Yeah. Especially at the very beginning of this COVID-19 outbreak church uh, online attendance was incredible. According to pastors around the country, Joel Osteen, I think at one, one Sunday had three, four million online. My pastor had sat thousands and thousands, um, online with him. You know, we've had, uh, in our online presentations of, uh, real talk, um, you know, over a million, you know, join black voices for Trump. In real talk, yeah, they had over a million at each one of those to be a part of it. People are engaging with one another on uh, online, but we're getting tired of that. We're wanting to get out and smell the roses for ourselves and touch each other again. That's what we are wanting to do. We're tired of this. And so, um, 
we're, we're, we're going to see people flocking to folks who seemingly make sense. Folks are looking for answers, in other words. Folks are looking for answers, in other words. And people like Goodall, who have been preaching a certain message only for, well, as long as I can remember, I mean, Jane Goodall was young when I first, I mean, she was young when I first laid eyes on her, and I was young when I first laid eyes on her. Uh, But um, I think she's something like 20 years older than me. You know, she's got to be 80-something. She's got to be. And so um, what she's saying is that we may be, in some cases, our own worst enemy. And when we talk about the fundamental change of a mindset Things like this many times are instrumental to creating fundamental changes in mindsets, which which does indeed change nations. Once you change the mindset of a people, the way they look at themselves, it changes the nation. And folks, I am saying to you, oh, and I'll, if I am that voice that has to cry in the wilderness on this issue, America does not need changing. We overcame the things that would have stopped us from being the nation that has given the opportunity for goodness stability, wealth, prosperity to its citizens like no other nation on the face of the earth. And if you change her now, she will no longer offer. She will no longer be able to offer what she has offered in the past. And some will say, hey, that's good. I don't. Because you're extinguishing a light to the rest of the entire world, to the rest of the world, you're extinguishing a light. And when that light goes out, when that light goes out in America, the last person leaves turning out the light, it will be dark all over. If our economy collapses, then the entire world economy implodes. That's what happens. That's because we are the only economic. Oh, China's got plenty of money. All countries have money. But as far as, hey, superpower money. Strength, military. We're it. We're the only true superpower in the world to be called that. We're the only true superpower in the world. And if we 
collapse, if our economy collapse, then the entire world economy collapse. Something to think about is Matthew 28. And then uh, when you look after Revelations 5 or 6, you see a one-world government needing to form. And you often ask uh, the question, we, the question has often been asked, how then does that come about? And we look at how our politicians deal with other world dignitaries and leaders, and you see that If they get along, it is tension-filled, and it's a very precarious relationship. And you you wonder, you wonder, and this is this is just me um, bringing into focus many things that are most important that are out of focus, and that is the very principles that we're founded upon, and that's the Judeo-Christian ethic. But what does that Judeo-Christian ethic also contain within it as a warning to mankind and even to a nation that is founded upon Judeo-Christian ethic? It warns that there will come a day when... The entire earth will be ready to give over to a one world government rule. And someone will emerge to be the head of that one world order. Scripture describes them as the man of sin, the evil one, the Antichrist, of which there have been many throughout history. There have been many Antichrists throughout history, but this one is a different one. He will be the culmination of all of them, the embodiment of them all. And one of the things and one of the reasons why I want to defend and I do defend and will defend, um, I trust God gives me the strength to defend, if necessary, with my very life, religious liberty in this country and any and wherever I may meet the oppression of that. But that has the as 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 Mao described it as the opiate of the people, it has to be uh subdued it has to be attacked in order for this to occur. So what am I saying? I'm saying to all of you people of faith and and not necessarily Christian faith, but it's the Christian faith that warns of this impending um, event where you will have a one world government. 
I have wondered uh, throughout my 40 years of uh, preaching the gospel how this could come about. Never thought of a virus that is pandemic, that is invisible, that uh, was unleashed on us by the Chinese. At this very moment, then, what any of us uh, who um, are scholars, Bible scholars, I'm, um, you should look toward Israel and keep an eye on what's happening there. Yeah. Because what has been prophesied, predicted, in Scripture, I truly believe, Matthew 24 and then right after the, the fifth chapter of Revelations, uh, we are looking at something here coming together as you have never seen, never seen the possibilities for it in times past. Beginning, however, as Jesus says in Matthew 24, is this is the beginning of sorrows. Such, though, as the world has never seen before. And maybe even Corona is just an introduction to the beginning of sorrows. And maybe we should get ourselves ready to fight uh, a wave of these types of attacks on mankind. Can it be used for good? Since we all are interested in our own survival, uh, as a human being, can it be used as a tool for good to unite? Because, of course, uh, the coronavirus does transcend race, color, creed, religion. It transcends all of that, doesn't it? It could be used for a tool to unite. I do know that it is being used currently by the Democrats as a tool to divide. The president is doing the best that he possibly can as anybody can do, and there is nobody who could possibly do better than Donald John Trump is doing. There is nobody who could possibly do better than he is doing with this. So give, give him a break, will you? Give him a break. And keep in mind that Jane Goodall may very well be right. Maybe it is because we're driving these animals too close to one another um, that we're experiencing this. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I do know people are looking for answers. Pastors, preachers, you better have some. Americans, our government needs to get us some. I'll be back. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth leaving. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Coming to you live throughout the Fruited Plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. And uh, that is America. Just in case you don't know, uh, you better ask somebody. You can ask me, I'll tell you. That's her, and we'll see ourselves through this, Americans. We will. But along the way, there are some things that we must consider uh, so that we can uh, help and allow God to prolong our time, prolong our years on this earth. But even so, Lord Jesus, come. Yeah, even so, Lord Jesus, come. And so, um, friends, when we look at how, uh, and all of you know, um, that's been listening to the show for any length of time, that uh, this is my uh, degree in divinity. <clears throat> and uh, let me, my goodness, <clears throat> all of a sudden I'm just absolutely choked up. But I'm okay. And um, this is the thing. I do believe that um, we're going to see a turning back toward it always happens and then there's the you know people begin to veer off again the church and faith it's going to be a turning back toward it for a brief time <clears throat> and then it seems as though the bottom falls out collapses and people become hysterical. You are seeing preliminary signs of the type of hysteria that can take place in these protests that are going on. Friends, there is an angst out there that we must re- we must allow Americans and keep in mind we we are a very different breed of people huh we are an exceptional breed of people and that is we will take our in, in the fact that it is evident that we will take our chances as long as we can be free to be 
who we are. We'll, we'll take our chances. We'll weigh the possibilities. We'll weigh those. As we have done in the last uh, three, four weeks, we have weighed the possibilities. We have looked at the data. We have weighed the possibilities, looked at the data. And Americans, being the exceptional people that we are, we are coming to the conclusion hey, it's worth the risk. Because I can take the responsibility. Of, of protecting myself. I can take that responsibility. And that is, that's, that's what Americans do. We self-govern. We take responsibility for ourselves and we move forward. We don't let things hinder us. Oh, there will be um, a slowdown at times, as it always happens, there's always slowdowns, there's ebbs and flows in anything. But friends, the truth of the matter is we had a booming, booming economy. And who knew? Who could have possibly seen this coming Trump was under fire just they had just finished uh, the impeachment process he was exonerated uh, from that and uh, he's forever exonerated (laughs) some want to say he's forever impeached no he's forever exonerated (laughs) that's what it's that's what it is oh I know that rubs so many uh, the wrong way you were doing okay ZL and then there you had to you had to say that All right. Anyway. And then all of a sudden it implodes. And those who were blaming Trump um, for Russia gate. Oh, yeah. For Afghanistan gate. um, Border gate. (laughs) None of those, by the way, have born Democrats any any fruit have they you know why because they were all lies that's why and it's also all lies that the president mishandled this he did not no he did not and no one that you could possibly name or think of could have done a more Johnny on the spot job than he did. He did a fantastic job with it. Okay. Friends. uh, Now that we, now that we know that Jane Goodall is telling us we've, cause the problem ourselves and doggone it if this whole thing is not creating a an environment where I actually consider agreeing with Jane Goodall <laughs> that'll tell you how how daffy I mean Jane Goodall's no don't get me wrong but I'm just not her I'm not at her level of tree hugging yet. We all may be soon. We may be forced there. 
Yeah. When I when I mentioned to when I asked John O'Connor, attorney for Deep Throat, um, Postgate, author of Postgate, uh, he, when I asked him about this, and uh, when I asked him about how this could you know, may play out in the shutdowns and so forth. Uh, <clears throat> he said himself that um, we were, uh, it's true, that that we may not be able to trust what news media tells us. And we reach a very dangerous point when we get to that point where we can't trust what's in the news. The difference in us and those who don't know they're being lied to, like in China, Iran, you know, countries like that, India, even though India is a, you know, it's a democracy, um, the largest one there in that region. And um, when in Russia, of course, news is controlled there, they don't, the people don't, they, well, they know that they can be lied to at any point in time, but the rest of them don't care. They're hungry and they're cold. They're hungry and they're cold. Americans, um, when you're talking about still heating your hovel with coal, you're talking about a place that has these coal spots in it. <laughs> and I'm talking about heating your place with C-O-A-L. And when you are doing that, you have a place that has C-O-L-D spots in it. And people around the globe have all types of things to deal with now, including coronavirus. But what if you are, your main concern is eating and staying warm? Hmm? Friends, we have to get back to work. We must get back to doing as Americans what we do best. You heard State Senator Karen Witsit say to us that there in Michigan, the governor did not um, act quickly enough not to have water cut off orders not in place. I mean, you know, to keep people's water on there are people there with no running water, no refrigeration. You know, this thing can just tumble out of control quickly, quickly, if we don't get back to work, get back to doing something now. John O'Connor mentioned something that I want to leave you with here today, and it is uh, something I talked about yesterday on the show, and I want to leave you with it here today, okay? Check this out. Uh, I told you about my granddad and the cow and, you know, the herd uh, quarantine and uh, the herd immunity thing, something that um, farmers, ranchers have known 
of for eons, you know, herd immunity. And let the herd get it. Let the herd get it and let them get over it. If it kills the whole herd, then they're dead. But if they live, then they're immune. And they're stronger. They get stronger that way. But in some cases, after a virus like this, um, it weakens the immune system, especially if a person had been on a ventilator. And it is true that uh, once you go on a ventilator, um, chances of you coming off of it are very slim. They, They become slim. So, friends... As we look toward our American future and as we, um, uh, some of us are sheltering in place, keep in mind what Representative Karen Wislet said. When you don't have food and you don't have water and you don't have, um, you know, refrigeration, and she's seeing this in some of the poorest parts in her district in Detroit, She says it's hard to shelter in place because everything you need is out there. Everything you need to live is out there. This can become something bad if we don't get ourselves in gear and get back on the good foot. Okay? We got to do it. We must do it and we must do it relatively soon within the next couple of weeks we got to be back in the swing it's going to be because of people like you that we're able to do it I'm CL this is the CL Bryant show and I want to thank you for coming along with me and I want to thank God above all for bringing us to the close of yet another day and I want to thank him For our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our rights to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, my heartfelt desire for each and every one of you is that God will bless and keep you all real good.